the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. If you're having developmental issues, well, we are going to be psychics, masters, <laughs> psychologists, and we scam artists in this episode. We are everything on this episode. I know. We talked for the first 30 minutes about psychics and what they're actually selling you. And, and then how, what concept does psychic and, have anything to do with psychologists? And how they read you and yeah. how people think Dr. Dinka is a psychic. So she can tell you the lottery numbers. <laughs> That's around minute 30. And then we actually get into a question from one of our listeners who was talking about being aging. Right. And he's talking about development and what's appropriate. And is it okay for someone over 50 or 55 to live his life or not? Do you have kids? Do you not? So we answered his questions. And so tune in. And I think this is a going to, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are. We really talked to a lot of things that people can relate to. Definitely psychic, psychologist, development. And Dr. Dinka brings up one of my favorite shrinks or psychologists, Dr. Erickson, who is amazing. I love his theories. And he talks about what is it being in between and like... He talks about development, talks yeah, about crisis. Kind of being in limbo right That's there. Right. So stay tuned for that. That's in about minute 50. We got to that portion. You guys will enjoy it. Don't forget to leave us a rating or review. And you might win a t-shirt and Dr. Dinka will sign it for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. And if you want to be a master, just give me a call. <laughs> All this and more in today's episode. Off, by the way, we're recording. <laughs> we're totally recording because I wanted... So I always do the leave us a rating and review. Yeah, it it's, is called leave us a rating yeah, or review. Yeah, leave us a rating or review. But I'm so used to you doing it. So I, I know, don't feel like I need to do you, it. Meg, hey, all so you, you guys do such a good job. I know. I just feel like leave us a rating or a review is not a female thing. It's a male thing. It's a, it's a we thing. We all have to do it. It's well, important. And then you're like, and then you get a free t-shirt. So I was like, maybe T-shirts just, are right there. They're in that I box. I know. I'm thinking, all right. So next time yeah. I'll do it. But no, you do it so, so nice and your voice is like so deep. Oh, did I tell you the good news? No, there's a good news. Yeah, there's a good news. Did I tell you I'm seeing an event? You are? I am emceeing an event, Oh, yes. my God. Can I be invited? No. <laughs> <laughs> an all-male no, event? No, no. I'm joking. I'll put you on the guest list. Okay. Dude. Actually, you know what? What? You were looking for something to tick off your bucket list. Maybe you should do the obstacle course race. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> her face. She had this face of delight so. and then it just turned into, no, a little puppy with like these big puppy dog eyes uh, no. like, no. So but you're emceeing for what? I'm emceeing. You can't tell us? I don't want to say it. I'm not going to promote oh, it. Oh, but what kind of, no, don't promote it. But what kind of event is it? Like a sport event? Yes. Is it a, like a, a dinner event? It's a sports event. Um, Something that's kind of in my wheelhouse. I just don't want to screw it up too oh, bad. okay. You know, like. Well, no, I only want to be invited if it's dinner, sit down dinner, you I, know. That's, I can dress up. Well, you're, you're a doctor. My makeup. You're a professor. So that's why. Yeah. I don't want to go anywhere sporty. I'm like grinding game. Like, let's do this. <laughs> and it's funny. You know how, like, I had the fear of tv yeah right? this is live i have no fear like see this, how come this is my, because it's it's i, don't I mean know. i'm dying for you to come on tv with me but what am i gonna and say then, like, on TV? You know, what do you mean what are you gonna say we got so many things to say but i'm gonna be like awkward you don't even know you've never done it you're batman i'm robin i'm the sidekick i don't need to be on tv oh my god but you, we need to talk about this show and tv is good so why don't you do it i have done it but they're sick and tired of seeing me they need something new face plus you're kuwaiti and you're a male. Unfortunately, <laughs> we do live in this patriarchal society. No matter what 
I do, I don't have the right organ. <laughs> oh my God. You know, Hay has said that to me so many times. It's true. Yeah, she- I mean, why do we need to deny this? This is the truth. I could be very successful, make good money, look good, but I am the wrong gender. I'm not taken seriously. And in this country, although I think this is great, but they appreciate males who are Kuwaitis. That I is- mean, female Kuwaiti is next. Versus an American female. I understand. But really? Here? I could say the same thing as a man. And they could the man as if like he just says something miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair so point. So that's why you need to be on TV. I could be on TV all the one. They only see me as an American. But I'm not. Oh, photo- I'm she's not, the American again. You're very photogenic, though. I'm not. Like, I see my pictures and I'm like, Look, are like, you tired of making all these excuses? Yeah, but I'm not. I'm, they don't care about your photogenic. You're the right gender. Did you not hear that word? Yeah, but there's more. I can You're deliver. the most privileged human being in this world. Yeah, you could say White that. White male. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you know I've heard this for the past <laughs> 10 years from my so wife. Please, <laughs> because you guys want us to feel sorry for you? Please. I know. She says that, too. She's like, you know why I don't care? Because you have the right organs. You have a penis between your legs. So you can do as you please. And everyone thinks it's okay. That's right. And everyone listens to you. And she said, not only that, not only you're Kuwaiti, but you're also white. So you can play both cards. And I'm like, no, but I've been othered a lot of my life. Othered? Yes, I have. How are you othered? Uh, Because do you remember elections, AUK elections? I ran for uh, student government. Oh the my Kuwaiti God, we'll never said, finish the end the of this. The Kuwaiti said I wasn't Kuwaiti enough. He was just scaring you so you could like, you know, so you could leave so he could win. No, they all said that. They weren't voting. That's how Noura Hilali won because none of the Kuwaitis vote. They didn't vote. So Noura Hilali is, is Saudi, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. She had all of the like expat voters, the non-Kuwaiti voters. Okay. They all voted. It was the Kuwaitis, the Kuwaitis who boycotted. They all boycotted. Because you're not Kuwaiti enough. Because I wasn't Kuwaiti enough. I was like, dude. Now only once in your 37 years, once. In my, only once I was not discriminated. The other 40, I don't know what years <laughs> I was. So one time and you can't forget yeah, it. Yeah, but you get discriminated here. Of course I get discriminated here. I'm a female. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I have a little advantage because I'm an American. You're a psychologist. And I'm a psychologist. People are scared of you. They really are. Yeah, they are scared of me. Like, I stop saying to people I'm a psychologist. I just say I'm a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Like, as soon as I say I'm a psychologist, they're like, oh, really? Are you evaluating me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, are you analyzing me right now? Like, who the hell says these things? No, I know. I know. You're so right. Why do they think I'm in a gathering? It's a reception. I'm having a good time. I say I'm a psychologist. You either get this person saying, oh, my God, I should stop talking to you. (laughs) I know. You're (laughs) analyzing everything I say. Deep down in my heart is saying, please stop talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other person is saying, ah, can you tell me what my personality is? Like, why do they think I'm on duty? I don't want to tell your personality. You, you know, I don't care. You know care. you should say next time? I'm a waitress. No, you know what you should say when they say, can you tell me what my personality is? Yeah, you suck. Like, hey, here's a link. It costs $9.99. <laughs> It'll be a whole questionnaire and we'll tell you exactly what you Seriously? are. Seriously? I mean, why? what the hell is wrong with people? Like, I'm off duty. I don't want to tell you. So I stopped. 
I either say I'm an academic, and when they ask me, what do you teach? I just make up something, math. Yeah. Or biology. And I'm hoping that they won't ask me anything about these two yeah, subjects. That's, that, I wouldn't that, know. That must suck. You must lose, like, potential friends. I hope I lose. I don't need any more <laughs> friends. I mean, it's like, because it's it, people don't understand that I am not psychic. I mean, people literally, literally. I mean, we're in 21 century going into 22. What do we do? People say, can you read my mind? And they close their eyes like, can you read my mind? Like, why? Re- really? <laughs> really? Who says this? That's a uh, psychic. That is, that's what that's I said. <laughs> I said, that's the wrong profession. I'm not a psychic. Oh my God, dude, that is Can awesome. you read that is my hilarious. mind? <laughs> that <laughs> like, is hilarious. Plus, even if I could read your mind, who told you that I want to read your mind? <laughs> oh my God, that is awesome. I got a funny story about a psychic. My buddy Dave Cole, right? Had a, You know how like back in the States, the psychics would call your house? Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you your future right now. And then if you, I get it right, you can pay me $9.99 for the next hour. So he goes, if you're a psychic, then you knew I'd do this. And he just hangs up on her. And I just started dying in laughter. Because it's true. They were really a psychic. They wouldn't have made the call in the first place. They would have known the guy was just going to hang up the phone. What I don't understand is if she's a psychic and she could tell me that how I can become rich and famous and how my lifestyle can be better. Why isn't her lifestyle better? Like, why are they all, like, you know, in the Chicago area, sometimes it's fun, like we would go out and then at night, like when you walk in and you'll see them, they're always open at night. So because they're waiting for the people are like walking down the street. And it's like, I was, when I was in college, I was always curious, right? The funny thing are, whenever you go in and you're like, you know, I just want my palm red or whatever it is. And then she's like, but they never look like they're in good shape. They always look like they're overweight. They always look like they're unhealthy and they don't really live in a very prominent kind of an area. Yeah. Now, how, why are they giving me advice? That's true. Know. That's true. It's just like these guys that are offering the master's classes on, yeah. on oh. you know, social media. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about like, that. <laughs> if you're saying you're a master of something, you're an asshole if you're not riding a, driving a Bentley and, you know... A millionaire, yeah, right? like, especially if you say you're a master in marketing. I'm a master in marketing, <laughs> but you know what? I'm still driving my Toyota. <laughs> like, dude, seriously? <laughs> so it's the same thing. Like, like how if they does, were psychic, they would know the lottery. You would think, right? Right, yeah. One time, I remember when we were, like, our naughty undergraduate years, so we were walking and we're like, my friend is like, come, come, I see there's psychic you know, one of these lights. And I'm like, are you sure? It kind of looks shady. It's like, come, come. I want her to see if she can give me the numbers for the lotto. And so, so we go in and then it's like, you know, she's saying, she's asking us which one will go first because you can't go together. Like, I didn't understand that. Yeah. But then, so my friend- Because you would, might influence her. Right. So, and then I know it's because there's confidentiality. I would share information about her. You should not know. I was like, okay. So like my friend went in and it's an hour later, she comes out and I'm like, so what did she tell you? She says, shit. <laughs> <laughs> An hour of shit? <laughs> did you get the numbers? She's like, no, she doesn't know them either. <laughs> oh, my God. And at that oh, time, I was like, we awesome. paid $10. Oh, that is awesome. I was awesome. like thinking, I'm not going in if you can't get anything. That is get hilarious. It. But it's like, it is always interesting how people give you advice. They need advice themselves. No, I know. And you know, psychics. So this master, pro- I'm interested in this master oh, let's thing. let's go back to psychics though. Yeah. Because psychics, you know how they do get the things right about, you know how like how? they'll say things and you're like, oh my God, yeah, how do they know that? Yeah, with facial expression. No, they know how to read 
your clothing. They know how to read, like, if you're wearing a school ring, a class ring, or wedding ring. No wedding band. They look for these little signs so that they can piece together your life somehow. And then they'll say, ah, I see a man in your life. And then you're like, because you don't have a ring. Yes. Oh. Oh, is this man, is he tall? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Ah. And his name starts with. You're not fully with this man. Oh, yes, I know. (laughs) There's another woman, isn't there? (laughs) Yes. How did you know? No fucking shit. (laughs) Like, seriously? Maybe I'm in the wrong business. I'm sure they make more money than psychologists. You you know who used to go see a a psychic? And you're going to laugh. And I hope my mother doesn't. (laughs) I remember when I was a kid going with my mother to Shopper's World. And she would go into the psychic. (laughs) And I'd be in the playground playing. I mean, it's like the thing is, these people are desperate to find a resolution. It's like, because a lot of times I feel like in order for you to, to resolve your own issues, you have to put some effort yourself and go into a psychic. I feel like a lot of times these individuals, they don't believe that they are the ones who are in charge of their destiny. So truly, they don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. And they believe that they, you know, there's an external locus of control. Even though you tell them, look, your destiny is within your hand. It's internal locus of control. You have to be in charge of your life. They don't really believe you because that requires effort. Yeah. What doesn't require effort is going to a psychic and have the psychic tell you. Like I've gone to a couple of them, but you know what I notice when I leave, I forget what they said. Seriously. I forget totally what they said to me because maybe it is because it's bullshit and because they're giving you a lot of BS and it's all around that there's nothing substantial that remains with me, to be honest. I don't remember that. I mean, I've only gone a couple of times, but I don't remember really that I've heard something that really resonated with me to this day. Well, because you have a strong personality. Oh, what does that have to do with it? No, if you have a strong personality, you're not weak. You're not going to, you know, you're not seeking that fulfillment. You're not seeking the answers that yeah, I'm, will I'm make curious. you happy. Yeah. I think I go because I'm curious. But you know what? I've had relatives who are like truly, truly believe in this shit. And then they believe that uh, the destiny of their life or they believe in that, you know, there's all the stuff that they tell you that they're going to be rich or that they're going, their kids are going to be married to these certain people. And they truly believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a wasted time and money and effort. You know, if I could just put all that effort into myself, trying to believe in myself and believe that I am in charge of my own destiny, wouldn't that be better? Yeah, no, 100%. That would definitely be better. That would give you purpose. That would give you a goal. But it involves work. And but most so people don't want to work. And so I think your mom, knowing a little a little more about her... <laughs> I think that these, it's like, it's like my mom. Me. I mean, I don't know if my mom goes because she would never tell me. But the idea is, I'm sure she does. But, you know, peop, people or women especially. Now, women go to psychic a lot more than men. That tells you how gullible we They're are. They're looking for the answers they want. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it really comes down to. And it's like, you know, there's a sense of desperation that, you know, I want somebody to rescue me, somebody to give me good news, yeah. someone to lift up this... Uh, bad energy, you know? Or someone to give me the bad news to validate my feelings. Or to prepare myself. Yep. But yep. you know these, and I mean, I don't know, but I don't think that they give you bad news. Do they ever give bad no, news? No, they do, yeah. Do they tell you? They could be like, oh. My God, you're going to get divorced. I see, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. 
if they see you're married, they're like, oh, but I see troubles in your marriage. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Why would I be here? I, Plus I they know, know right? you're desperate to be yeah, there. Yeah. So they know <laughs> there's like, you're not coming to a psychic if like having, you know, a great time. Yeah. I see troubles in your marriage. Oh my God. You're right. <gasps> oh no. Do you think he's cheating on you? Uh, oh my God. Yes. I've been suspecting it for so long. <laughs> you have to check his right pocket. And they're like, oh, my God. OK, for another hour, it's going to cost you 50 bucks. OK, here you go. Oh my like, God. that's how it because works. Because they leave you hanging. Yeah, right? they leave yeah. you. Ha- like, that's how it works. But now going to the master's I want the course. Master. What is that? The master's courses or classes. Should I take are, it? No. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all over social Especially media. Especially from the one that don't know what they're talking no, about? No, exactly. It's all over social media. You uh. see. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, has one. OK. Now, if it's Neil deGrasse Tyson or if it's. Like, I don't know, uh, Chevy Chase <gasps> Chevy saying, Chase. I'll teach you how to be a master actor or something. I'll do it. Oh, yeah. You're proven. Oh, now I know You've what you're saying. It. There's yeah. master's classes. Yeah. Like, I'll so teach now you there's how to digital master. Media? Yeah. There's there's these guys. I've to- seen all these famous people like saying, I can teach you how to be a producer. Like some of these famous actors. But real famous. Like the yeah, no, 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 famous ones. actors. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. A-list ones. Yeah. yeah okay. They're like, you know, it's a master's course or okay. a master's class. But then you have like these guys that are like, I'm going to teach you how to grow your social media in this master's course by 50,000 followers. And then you go on. And it's like, dude, you have 2000 followers. Why don't you have 50,000? No, but even if they have followers, you notice that the people that have seen it is like, let's say if somebody says I have 2.4K, right? Yeah. But then there's only like 5,000 have seen it or 10,000 and that's promoted. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. means that they're not really factual followers, They're, they're right? not. Yeah. More than likely, they might be, yeah. but they might might not look at their stories or look at their okay. feeds because what Instagram, the new algorithms have screwed a lot of people. Like, if I don't like all of your videos and pictures, it doesn't show up in my feed because oh, okay. I'm not interested in it. If I, you know, scroll through it and I pass it up a few times. Okay. So now I try with my friends and the uh-huh. people that I care about, I try to like their pictures huh. so that it's always coming into my feed. Okay. So it's consistently in my feed. And so, but then, but if you're not a master in something, like I can t- I would take a course from a master actor, for example, a famous actor, because then they have proven through their career that they've got something to teach me. Exactly. But so, so why are they called master in digital or master in this if you're not because the person they, who's mastering They're giving it? themselves a label. I mean, they're giving themselves a label. It's just like, I'll teach you how to be a master investor or whatever you know, gain millions. All right. Well, dude, if you are such a master investor, then why the hell are you selling yourself on social media? Why aren't you just making millions through investments? Yeah. Right. Mm. Like, why would you even need this other medium of income? Yeah. If you could make millions or I'll teach you my secret to making billions. Well, dude, if you made billions, (laughs) you wouldn't be on freaking Instagram, man. (laughs) <laughs> I hate to break it to you. The, there's a new show on Discovery. It's uh, a billionaire who gets placed back into like normal life. Mm-hmm. And I think he gets $400 in his pocket. Uh-huh. And he has to try to rebuild himself as a millionaire and a billionaire. Really? It's a fascinating show because he shows you how he did it. And it starts with working really hard. Yeah, of course. Like they yeah. all work hard at the beginning. Yeah. Like there's no easy ticket. Right. And if people... It saddens me. And you were talking about people that take advantage of people in the last episode. That's right. That's right. And in all honesty, it saddens me. So this is how they're taking advantage of people. Yeah. Like, because I mean, I was telling you my experience of this, like, 
you know, as soon as you have someone you trust and you don't even question their capabilities. And I think these people like are, are like saying, I'm going to offer you a master. What they're trying to count on is that people will trust them. They, you know, other people know them, so they refer them. And then they are offering you a class, but is yeah. it really a true master class? Is it really of value? And so that's what it is, is like, you know, these individuals are, you know, preying on individuals like myself, for example, or other exactly. people that don't really know a lot about this area and they think this 100%. is the solution. It's like the psychic we're talking about. They know when you're there, you're desperate. Yeah. Yep. So these individuals are the same way. They know whoever's going to sign up to these classes. There's a reason why they're signing up, which means that I want to increase my followers or I want to be able to I'm searching for something. Yeah, I'm searching. Yeah. Obviously, that's exactly right, is that I am searching for something or why would I sign up for your class? And so the master who's giving these classes knows that this these individuals are searching for something. Yeah. And they're searching something about digital, but they don't know much of anything or they wouldn't be in the class. 100%. So they take advantage of their uh, pureness, maybe. The easily susceptible people yeah. that are looking for that easy way yeah. out. And you say, and it's only going to cost you $15. All right, asshole. If you're giving people the secret of life and you're only selling it for $15, that's a pretty cheap secret. You know what I mean? Like people need to use logic at times, especially with uh, Like training. some of these classes of masters, how much do they cost? Oh, some of them are 15 bucks. Some of them are 50. Some of them are 300. Like you'd be Dollars? surprised. Yeah. Like some of them are wicked expensive. And I'm like, dude, if it's again, if but it's with even, like. That even for our, for KD, it's cheap though. If it you think is. of it, it's like 80 KD. It is. Yeah. yeah so that is. means they're taking it uh, for a week. I don't know. I but honestly But that's still don't cheap know. for I've the person who's it. giving it. I've never tried it. I'm a sure mass- it's a week. I would never try it because like, it's just, it's not my this is, thing. I can give a master class in psychotherapy. I'm qualified. If you gave a master's class in psychotherapy, I wouldn't do a show with you again. You <laughs> Why? Everyone else is doing a master class. I could I could give a master's class in life. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's right. What qualified you? Well, I've had a shitty life. So I think I know how to dig out of it, man. <laughs> I could dig out I've of had a hole a pretty quick. Life. You know, but but I mean at the end so of the everyone day. Everyone that has a shitty life, you can No, but like what does qualify us for one thing or another thing? It's different. It's like a trainer, a fitness trainer. Uh, some trainers are, and I had this argument, they're like, oh yeah, but you know, this trainer's never done this type of exercise modality before. I said, but they are qualified enough and trusted enough where they can learn how to do it. And they're smart enough to put the, the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Whereas you see, you know, these assholes that go and take a weekend course and then all of a sudden they're a master or they're, you know, the guru at something. It's like, no, dude, you took a six hour course. And see, this is what it is. This is what kills me, even with psychology. They misrepresent the field that they're in. And then they are taken advantage because they are in a field and because they have certain numbers of followers. And now they've qualified themselves as expert. Yeah. So then you get these innocent people that are coming in there, desperate to do exactly what this master person achieved. So they assume that they're going to achieve the same thing. And not realizing that this course is just a foundation. I mean, I'm sure that this, uh, you know, like Denzel Washington didn't just become an excellent. Hell no. I was watching one of his speech at this, you know, graduation commencement. And 
And it's like, it's so, was it there or something else? It's like, how many falls he applied? He tried out for a Broadway show. He didn't make it. Like, there's so many falls. There's so much, yeah. You know? But then to make this assumption that if he offers a masterclass in acting, that I'm going to take it and become a great actor. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But people think that in Kuwait and other countries, that if I pay enough, I'll be good enough. It doesn't work like that. But this is not only that. It's like I see it here a lot. For example, if I go to that certain therapist, I'm going to have the best therapy, for example, because so-and-so told me. Or if I'm going to go and hire that same trainer that so-and-so has, who's also a fashionista Forget about that. What about, our, what about our media buddy, okay? If he was such a good producer our or media. she was such, yeah, if they were such a good producer, what the fuck are they doing in Kuwait? They've been in Hollywood. <laughs> Seriously. That's true. Our media I'm ser- buddy. I'm serious, everybody. Look, there are some professionals <laughs> in Kuwait that if they are that good, they, they be, would not be yeah, here. They should be international. I mean, let's be realistic. There are other They should people, be hired other places. Yeah. There are other people in Kuwait that are extremely qualified, very well represented, could get a job anywhere in the world, but they stay here through community attachment, through just the lifestyle, and you know they've just grown accustomed to Kuwait. Right. There are a lot of professionals, but then there are a lot of fakers that do the fake it till you make it thing. That you know. No, and no, then no, you know our, my, my earlier we were you and I were also yeah. talking about how people lie about, for example, we were talking about that individual who's like claiming that she's a nutritionist and she's done all these like cosmetic surgery and selling the idea that I have lost weight technique. And then it's like you get these and and then if you are overweight, you're desperate. And then you see the story and they constantly trying to put this old me, new me picture without really explaining what's in between. Yeah. And then if I was overweight and desperate and I want to look that attractive, of course, I'm going to buy into her program. And of course, I'm going to buy into her nutrition without doing any research. Because remember, most of the people that are going to be doing that are people that have reached a sense of desperation in their yeah. life. And they're not going to analyze or evaluate. What they're going to do is they want to be able to get the whatever it is that they can get right away so I can get this end result. And unfortunately, we are living in a in a society or in a world in general where we want something fast. Do you know I saw a relatively famous nutritionist um, who gave someone an eating plan or program and it consisted of like 1,800 calories or 1,500 calories. And I looked at my buddy and I go, for your lifestyle, that is way too low. That's nothing. I was like, that you're going to be miserable. Like they don't, Nutritionists. Do they not ask about your lifestyle? Do you work out? Some, are of you them, act- some, some of them do. Some of them definitely do ask and some of them don't. Mm. And some of them have their cookie cutter programs that they just copy paste for each client. That's mm. the thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. For a lot of you people out there, make sure if you go to a nutritionist, find it through a referral and then compare your eating program to their eating program. Don't just compare the recipes, compare the macros, how much protein, how much this, how much that. Make sure they actually did their homework, not slap everything together for all of their clients. I'm sure that there are a lot of them are just given the same menu. A lot actually, of them are. Actually, some of my clients go to this particular nutritionist, right? And then I was like, you know, and out of curiosity, I'm always asking like, well, you know, what did he give you? And it seems like a lot of them are given the same way, the same kind of technique. There is like, you know, five meals, there's these snacks in between. Yeah. And then they snack every hour. They're the same food. And, and, and then at the yep. end, you end up having, you know, something very light, 
a soup or whatever, but it's all general. So it's not like a lot of effort are put into. Obviously, what they're doing is they're counting the calorie and, you know, for your weight, you should be this. So you need 1,200 calories. And everybody out there, not every calorie was made equally. Bushel of broccoli, okay, 300 calories of broccoli is different than 300 calories of frozen yogurt from pick. You're eating 300 calories from pick of frozen yogurt. You cannot say that, oh, I'm going to have the pick because that's 300 calories. I'm not going to have the broccoli because that's 300 calories. Right. The broccoli is better for you. The broccoli is definitely better. And the other one has sugar, right? The other one has sugar. It's got artificial. Has other components. I'm not talking about sugar, the fat, all that stuff. I'm just talking about pure nutrition, nutrients. Mm. All right. What is going to fuel your body better? Is it going to be the yogurt or is it going to be the broccoli? It's going to be the broccoli. Hands down. Hands down, it's going to be the broccoli. Now, there are nutritionists that actually put in cheeseburgers from McDonald's or like whatever. And I'm like, dude, yeah, okay. You don't want people to feel like they're depriving themselves from food. But a cheeseburger from McDonald's is different than a cheeseburger made at home. It's processed meat. The cheese, you can hold a lighter up to it. It's not going to burn. You know what I mean? Like there are these, you can put McDonald's fries in a plastic baggie and leave them for like 12 days. Nothing will happen to them. <laughs> so you're telling me putting that in your body is better than frigging potatoes and can making the fries? Yeah. And it's... it's No, but again, look, if I don't know anything about nutrition, I'm overweight and I'm desperate to lose weight. You're going to do that. And then my friend says to me, you know what? Why don't you go try so-and-so? I've been on her program. I've lost weight, right? So you're desperate. You're not really going to check and see what she's giving me. I just know the end product. And unfortunately... There are some nutritionists here. There are using their body in order for that to convince people that if you want to look like me, you got to follow my yeah, plan. Yeah. And without having any consideration that to look like you, I have to follow a certain plan that maybe is not going to fit my body, my body size or uh, the shape of my body Genetics or what I need. Genetics play a huge factor. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of times people are not understanding that. And so the... The confusing part of it is that you've, you know, I mean, we go back to the same point. It's the same thing as my field. The other day, somebody was saying to me, do you know so-and-so's, my daughter's grandma is a psychologist. I said, really? So here I am. I'm an American educated. I'm licensed. There are certain things that we really protect psychology, the word, right? And I'm I'm sure you remember me talking about that in class because it it blows my mind. So I said, really? That's nice. Because she's also studying psychologists. Okay, that's nice. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, does she have a doctorate, like a PhD? Because we don't call people P- uh, psychologists if they don't have a PhD. And he said to me, no, she has a bachelor level. Yeah. Uh, really? I said, and I went off on this guy and I'm like, a bachelor level is not a psychologist. A bachelor level is what it's called, a bachelor level. A the degree, max yeah. you can do is be a case manager. So she had a bachelor and she was advising people. And people don't know the difference. So they'll go to a bachelor level because she'll be cheaper, thinking that they're going to get the same result as if they were coming to a psychologist who's a PhD. Not because of the degree. Think about it. From the time I was a bachelor to the time I was my doctorate, there were so many years of experience that are not counted when you just have a bachelor. When I first came here, it's so funny. I worked at this clinic and because I'm licensed, I needed to practice. Everyone was a psychologist. I was thinking, wow, this is so nice. I just joined this, you know, this clinic and I'm surrounded by all my colleagues. And then I come to find out they were, 
they were not psychologists. They were all bachelor level, not even masters. And some of them were masters, but the majority were bachelor level. All majority were like, they'd taken a certificate to be life coach. I don't know what. And they were equivalent and being called psychologists. And they were not. So you get people there that are vulnerable and they're needing desperate need for help for themselves or their children. And they think they're going to so-and-so who's a psychologist. They're not going to sit there and ask you, what are your degrees? Because only educated people do that. So the normal people are embarrassed to ask you, what is your experience? You know, so, and then you sit there and then you assume that you're going to get the quality of experience, you know, so that way they can help you with your problem. And then you come to find out these people are limited. Bachelor level are limited to four year. And when I got my bachelor, we didn't even do an internship, to be honest. So you don't really do any practical anything practice until you go into your master's. But a lot of these people believe their own shit. Like a lot of these people believe what they're selling. That's the scary part. And that's the scary because you have to believe what you're selling in order for you to look like you're you're honest, right? And so, but the idea is that when do we say it's enough exploiting people that are in need? Yeah. I mean, not only as doctors, but also as nutritionists, trainers. I mean, nowadays everyone is a trainer. And then if I'm desperate and I need a trainer, I don't even need to go to a gym because I don't have time for a gym. Yeah. And then so somebody says, oh, go call this person. Just because they're training, does that make them good trainers? No, like, you true. know, Yeah, that's true. And, and the thing is, is that training is not my field. So I would know what questions to ask, you know, and then I'm assuming I'm paying this person. This right person now, is thinking yep. money for him. Yep. He's not thinking about, you know. It's hit or miss with trainers right now. Right now, it is literally, it's hit or miss with trainers. You can get a trainer that knows exactly what they're doing. They can pinpoint dysfunction. They can talk to you about... that's nice. Look, Kuwait's trainers, all right, and they hate me anyways, are the laziest trainers I have met in the world, all right, and some of the shittiest trainers I have met in the world. Do you know what trainers are doing in the States right now? Your trainer takes care of your movement, takes care of your food, takes care of everything, your lifestyle, talks to you about all of these factors. You know, like the trainers that I talked to there were like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I talk to my clients, make sure they're eating the right foods. You know, I prepare them for the workouts. I prepare them on what we're going to do. I tell them how to warm up beforehand so we don't waste time. Actually, I'm saying that's true because this summer I told you, I've decided that I, I used to work out here all year. And then when I go and I become flabby because I'm not working out. I told you it's the last two or three years, but this particular year, and actually every time I go and I hire a trainer this year, she sat down with me and told me all the things I should have and not have. She talked to me about these 14 sessions because I signed up for 14 sessions, what we're going to do, how we're going to do some cardio, some not. She told me that I have to come 10 minutes earlier and get on the treadmill for a little bit. I mean, it was Do your running clear. by yourself. That's right. If you were like in the best oh trainers. Oh my God, it was amazing. The best trainers cure pain. Those are the best trainers. That's right. Everyone out there, if you find a trainer that can cure your pain, that's true. that is a keeper. If you find a trainer that says, you go up to him, you say, oh, I want to lose weight. You sh- okay, no shit, Sherlock. Everyone wants to lose weight. Yeah. But if your trainer only focuses on weight loss and nothing else, they don't give a shit about you. They care about the money in the bank. That's about it. Yeah, it's true. And you know, to, you know, to deal with pain is so true. So this la- this summer, not only that, but then we also stopped five minutes before our session ended and she would massage me to make sure that I'm not in pain the next day. And if the next day I come, like sometimes I came and like I had some 
joint or whatever, she would massage it before yeah. we could start. I mean, it was like a really a full service. And this is not, I'm not talking about a VIP club. This is like the norm of what happens in the yeah, U.S. Because they have to, they have to hustle. They yes. actually have to work it's for very clients. True. Here, people are throwing money at trainers day in and day out. And they're throwing money at trainers, dietitians, uh, beauty professionals to give them the easy fix mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they don't want to do it. Well, guess what? My first two years of like working out, I sought out a good program. Mm-hmm. Athlete X, highly recommend Athlete X to anybody, male or female, for bodybuilding, managing pain, whatever it is. I also recommend Mind Pump. I also recommend uh, Jeff Froning stuff. Josh Bridges, they all have good stuff. Wattify, there's so many good resources out there Hmm. that people can turn to when it comes to going to the gym, where if you are on a budget, then you don't have to worry about paying somebody. I never trusted a trainer. And I'm not saying this because I'm cocky. I always thought I knew more than most trainers out there. Mm -mm. I I mean, sometimes like if you're, because you're well-rounded with this knowledge and you read up, but imagine me. And I I don't read up. I act stupid too. I mean, yeah, but for me, like, for example, I don't read up on that stuff and it's not my field and I just want to be able to be strong, you know, and that's my lifestyle. And I feel like I, I have to continue working up because I want it to become part of my life. So if I'm somebody like me that doesn't really have, I'm assuming that I've hired you, you know, that you are honest and that you'll be able to tell me what you know and don't know and you can help me. And fortunately, this world has become more about the money they make, the followers they have. You know, people are living a lie. And then I feel like I'm a victim of it. And I can imagine, I mean, and I'm an educated woman, Yanni. Can you imagine these people are like not educated? They just want to be, you know, healthy. They want to stay, live longer for their kids. That's it. You know, you know how many vulnerable clients I have that tell you I've been doing this. And then you could see that they're like being ripped off. And that's so sad. There are trainers out there. And it's not just trainers, it's other professionals. There are professionals out there that have never competed at an elite level in their lives. They've never competed in a specific sport. And now they are trying to raise competitors. They've never competed, period, like in sports. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to say, okay, I can train you to be extremely competitive in this specialized sport. It's not going to happen because you you need experience. That's right. And on the rare occasion, there are some coaches and there are some professionals like HR professionals or whatever that can dive into a situation and be like, all right, we can handle it this way and advance their knowledge as they're going through the process. Those are few and far between, though. Very few and far between. But do you know what else kills me is that, you know, being in the field that I'm in is like it's like people will pay money for someone that is a trainer or nutritionist that don't even have any concept about anything. I mean, just because someone lost weight does not make her a nutritionist. No. You know, and just because someone knows how, have read up a few things on eating and what's the right and body mass and I don't know what. Now, doesn't. what's so interesting is that people will come to a doctor like myself and start to negotiate the price that they're paying you. When you're really helping them with their wellness, you're keeping them whole, you're helping them with skills and tasks that ultimately is going to help them well-rounded. And then they're negotiating with you how much they should pay you while they will go and pay someone that just because they know how to advertise themselves and they know how to do nice PR, they know how to put nice video on Instagram and automatically they are seen as more. They're the masters. They're the masters. (laughs) masters. Exactly. We should be learning from them. 
Yeah, we, we should Some take of the these class. Masters, they I think need, we should take their class. I agree. They started podcasts. Where are they now? Yeah, exactly. Where did they go? I don't, they, they don't even have a podcast anymore. They don't have it. They were so good that they were so successful at podcasting that they just retired. No, now they're doing mastering. I know. Or something. I, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> you are doing something. I'm too honest. You are too honest. You probably get a lot of hate mail, huh? Cool, all the time. Well, I was telling you about that earlier. I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up. I get hate mail all the time. Do you really? They're, so what do you do with hate mail? Like sometimes I'll like just, I ignore some stuff. It depends who it's from. Like there are certain people that I actually do. They even like. tell you where they're from. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll get, I'll get. Sometimes D- I, I get, get anonymous. I get a lot of DMs. Like, oh, how could you say that about trainers? Or how uh, could you say that about nutritionists? How could you say that about this gym? Or how could? And I'm like, dude, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah, people are nice, used to that. To some people, I'm like, look, I understand where you're coming from. I can see it from your perspective. Like someone said, oh. You mentioned this gym, you mentioned that gym, you mentioned this, but you never mentioned our gym on that podcast. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So then when I did have the next episode, I mentioned their gym. I mentioned that I had neglected them in the original one. So I made up for it because that is an honest mistake. Mm -hmm. And that is cool. But when I get someone saying, oh, you know, you're making our job harder. Yeah, no shit, asshole. I'm going to make your job harder. Well, are you because, making it harder because they're, you're telling the truth yeah, about Yeah, because I'm telling people what to look for in a trainer. And because what, it depends you know, on the goal. Their it. goal is financial. So don't rip people off. Exactly. I mean, 100%. it's like the idea is that to, I mean, it's not only, I mean, for me, I mean, you're, you're talking more about uh, trainers because that's your field. But for me, it's like, you know, and like when you have um, someone claiming that they're life coach and they can't even communicate. They're passive aggressive. They can't communicate. They are really poor uh, on the skills that they're teaching. I'm always wondering, like, if you are a life coach and you're supposed to have developed all these skills, but you're the worst communicator, you don't know how to confront, you know, you're always passive aggressive. I don't understand what are you teaching these people? No, exactly. You're and right. So, but people will never know the difference. That's the sad that, thing. That's the sad thing because people will go in there as having this high expectation and then ultimately spending five sessions with this person. Yep. I mean, ultimately, they'll get out, they'll realize, well, I'm not making any changes. They'll stop seeing them. But five sessions, they've just been charged for five sessions. They've paid for whatever, 300 KD, let's say, and they've saw no results. I know. Sad. It's and sad. it's like, it's, but that's because I think what happened is that we need to bring more awareness into, look, these crooks, they're always going to be crooks because... At the end of the day, we've all fallen for it. Like, I've of fall, course, I've I've fall, fall, I've fallen for it. it. I've, I've fallen for it in the past. I'm of not course. Gonna, I'll, I'm not afraid to admit it. We all kind of fall for it because it's appealing. Yeah, yeah. You it know, is appealing. It is. It's and very it, appealing. Again, we go back to what we started with is the sense of desperation. Yeah, the vulnerability. Look, I'm not going to yeah. call the master class unless there is a sense of a need that I have that I'm going to get from this master class who this person kind of knows that people are approaching me because they need this. The idea is that I don't blame these people because we are giving them the techniques or we're giving them ammunition. Ammunition. Am, right. am, yeah, I can't even ammunition. say ammunition. 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 That's right. How many times are we going to say that? <laughs> but the thing is, is that I don't blame them. Yeah. If they've got the customer base, why not? So who should go first is the customer. I mean, if we're trying to build ethics in people, look, that's never going to happen. That's true. Because everyone justifies their own ethics. I'm telling you, I told you about my situation before from yesterday. This guy knew that what he did was wrong. It was obvious. I mean, this is not like I, I misunderstand you technique. Knew that he was abusing the trust I gave him. 
Yeah, he knew that he was wrong in everything that he said, yeah. but still somehow turned it around and made it look like it was valid. It yeah. was a valid corruption. No, no, that's what he was pretty much saying. <laughs> yes, I, I did this wrong. Yes, you're right, but it was valid because A, B, and C, okay? Yeah. So it's so amazing how many people can justify why they're ripping off people. But what we need to do is you and I and other people is when we feel that we've been ripped off to report it. And I feel like a lot of people don't report it. They don't like, for example, in my field in the U.S., it is, you know, that's what I was saying to you, like psychologist is very protected word. No one uses psychologist unless they have a doctor. No one uses the word clinical psychologist unless they're licensed. Unless they work. In no one and they uses work the word yeah. therapist unless they yep. are masters. And even masters that are therapists, they're also licensed as a cl as a practitioner, you know, LCPC, for example. Yeah. So they call themselves therapists. If you call me a doctor and I'm not, I'm supposed to correct you. And if I do something wrong with my job, you go online and you report me to my, to nowadays with social media, you can report it everywhere. Oh no. You know, you know, people get mad at you for reporting bad service or like if someone's a scam artist or whatever, like people get mad. I know here, especially, do you know why? Because they're thinking about, oh, but poor guy, he needs his job. All right. He needs to feed his yeah, family. but dude, you don't I cheat understand. people. You don't lie to them. Like that's. Like if you want to feed your, your family, I understand, but. If you do something wrong, shouldn't I not report it so you can do it better? You know what? I swore to myself I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell anything on this podcast for at least five hundred episodes. But I'm going to sell something to everybody right now. What are you selling? If they want to learn how to set up a podcast, do their podcast, and even if they want to learn how to generate content, I will give you all of my knowledge for free. Huh? I will give all my knowledge for free. That's nice. Because I don't care about the money aspect. That's I really nice. don't. See, that's honest. Like, I, I don't You're trying care. to give back to the community. Yeah, that's, that's you, what I care about. You know what? Because you're not intimidated by competition. Someone else will say, no, I don't want anyone else to do it. I don't want them to have my secret. I don't oh, want I don't them want to, them to learn about... No, I don't want to learn about podcasts because we, we can't have more podcasts. No, I want Who's more podcasts. See? Give me more podcasts. Give me competition. Make my game go higher. That's what I want. Exactly. I need competition. I need to make sure that we are still producing the best material that we can produce. And if you beat me, great. You beat me. But that's right. But some people don't see it that way. They see it as competition. So they always want to put things out there that they assume it's the best because they don't want to compete with anyone else because they don't want to lose the customer no, base. No. It, Again, the idea is become that this is customer base, which is equal to monetary and money. Yeah. They're not thinking about, you know, what is the right thing for you? Like whenever someone comes to me, I mean, the yesterday or two days ago, someone was interviewing me for a magazine and they're like, well, what, what clients do you refuse? And I'm like, it's not about refusing. I have ethics and there are certain things I'm not qualified. I mean, just because I'm a psychologist, like I'm not specialized in eating disorder. Yeah, I don't yep. specialize in substance abuse. There are certain things like I don't see children anymore. And definitely I don't do any disorders, for example, that are like chronical or developmental or autism, you know spectrum disorders like that. I don't do. I have to be honest with myself. I can't have someone that is having addiction. Now, I do get people that are, they use some sort of a substance, but their primary disorder, for example, is depression. So I'm dealing with the depression. So they're comorbid with something else. But I cannot have someone come to me regularly because they're filling a spot. They're giving me money 
And they've got a disorder that I am not specializing. Yeah, no, 100%. I You're mean, right. I can't live with myself if that's the way I do it. But let me tell you, there are people out there that they think they're going to Google how to treat substance abuse, read it up and start applying it on people. How? But I don't blame them. You know who I blame? I blame the client and the customer. Nowadays we that, live. Yeah. Nowadays we live in, do you know how many people come to me and say, you know, I've the other day I got a phone call a week ago. This person is like, you know, I saw you on TV and I researched you. I said, excellent. I didn't say why, what do you need to know from me? He's like, I researched you. I know everything all about your background and I really liked your personality and I'm calling you because I want to ask you this question. And I said, perfect. I said, actually, I'm admiring that you have researched me and that's why. So if people could just do their research nowadays, you know, we could be watching TV. We Google the person's name if they've got any social media if they're out doing any research, any conferences, anything. I mean, I can't imagine a nutritionist never been to a conference. Oh, yeah. No, I know. There's a lot of them like that. I mean, well, what the hell? Well, they got a nutrition degree, so that means they're qualified to do anything. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> and even in nutrition, I'm assuming that there are specialty. Like I was telling you, my friend, she's a diabetic nutritionist. The only nutritionist that I like and think they actually provide a service for the community in the right way are the ones that work in hospitals and deal with actual yeah, patients even in the US, who have right? sicknesses and have whatever. Those are people that work for a hospital. They're dealing with people that have real problems yeah. that have like cancer and they need to put on weight or they need to manage yep. their diet. Ketogenic. People bastardize keto. Keto was originally made for people that would, had epilepsy, I believe. That's right. And, you know, it's, it got bastardized by the marketing and dietitians. Like, seriously, guys, go screw yourselves. Yeah, like, true. go help people. And it was just like what we were talking about with social media influencers a little while ago. Do some CSR, you assholes. Yeah, that's true. But, and, you know, and it's so scary because... Sorry, these... you reminded me about the question. Uh, we never got to the question. What, the whole topic we were supposed to talk about this Oh, show. that's right. All right. So you'll all hear the sound file right now of a friend who sent me a message remaining anonymous. Of course who basically discussed being an older person and still worrying about your looks and your social appearance to attract females, still have sex and breed children, even when you're older. هو متعدي الخمسة وخمسين ويبعد عن الجنس ليه متى الجنس؟ ما راح يخلص بياخذ وقته ووقت غيره خلاص انت في مرحلة الآن اهتم بصحتك اهتم بنفسك خلاص انسى الجنس الجنس خلاص عشرين سنة ثلاثين سنة ويمارس الجنس خلاص انتهى خلاص ربيت عيالك كبرتهم علمتهم وظفتهم تبي بعد الواحد الآن ينتبه لصحته أروح أنا وزوجتي الحين خلاص نصير أصدقاء مو مسألة بس والله إن زوجه وزوجتي وكذا والأمور خلاص الآن نتفرغ لحياتنا نتفرغ لأنفسنا ثلاثين سنة وحنا مع هالورعين هذول نربيهم وشغلة شغلة والله واحد يعني لمتى لمتى تخيل واحد يعني عمره خمسة وخمسين ست ولا بالستين ها ويدي ولده حق الروضة والله هذه سالفة تقعد تربي ليه متى؟ ليه متى تربي؟ خلاص في مرحلة أنت ما تربي فيها خلاص انتهى مفروض يكون عمرك بالخمسين خمسة وخمسين أصغر عيالك المفروض يكون متخرج من الثانوية خلاص انتهى يدبر عمره 
يروح كلية يروح جامعة يدور وظيفة خلاص أنت عاد تفرغ لنفسك لأن بهالطريقة هذه راح تستهلك نفسك وراح تموت وما حد درى عندك والله احنا والله ما حد درى عنك تشوف احنا يعني ابونا مات وعمانا مات ولنا خوال نحسن عليهم فتره وبعدين خلاص تنتهي الدنيا فحبيبي ما حد درى عنك والله اهتم بصحتك ما لك شغل تحط هالجنس بين عيونك لمتى هاي مشكلتنا احنا العرب هذا الجنس عندنا مقدس هذا اللي ذبحنا احنا بعدين الصبغ الصبغ يعني واحد بيصبغ وكذا مو مشكله يعني لنفسه بس انه يصبغ عشان ذاك اليوم يبي يمارس الجنس ما يصير هي بعد تماك يجي وتبي شغله لا حبيبي خلاص خلاص نصير اصدقاء نسولف على بعض نتذكر ايام زمان مو لهالدرجه عاد He was basically saying when you reach 55 60 like that's it call it a day you know enjoy life enjoy everything don't worry about you know uh coloring your mustache and coloring your hair to look younger and everything which i personally i agree with well i mean i think what he was saying is that we have to get to an age or a time in our life where we have to accept aging and that we don't have to work so hard to cover it and pretend that we're younger than we are in my mind is like okay fine like if you're okay with gray hair and you're okay with your beard becoming gray and you don't feel like that's a representation of anything but experience and knowledge some people really when they age they feel this is good for them it's because it's is given them wisdom, wisdom. but there are other people it. you know will work very hard to maintain their youthfulness and they'll you know color their beard and be able to like work out and and want to keep their youth body. I mean to me I feel like you know you should do whatever makes you happy. Yeah, I, I don't feel like one or the that, other. Yeah. I don't feel like just because I'm turning 60 that I have to look like I'm 60 or that I'm turning 50 I have to it's like It's your body. It's, it's your body. It's your your it's totally up to you. And I mean it's like this is like saying even with me is like oh okay. Well I mean the older I get the the younger I look and people like you know what what are you doing and And for me, I feel like it has nothing to do with age. It has something to do with maybe I'm wiser. Maybe I feel like I do need to spend more time on myself and my body. Maybe I like the way I have. look. Maybe because you never and have. And I never had. That was not a priority. I spent all my life studying and then working all my life. So I feel like now I've gotten to the point of my life where I want to spend time on myself. So if this is seen by other people, oh, she's buying youth or she's trying to look younger than she is or she dresses younger than she is then that's their problem because they're not comfortable with who they are. Now, the point he had made that I thought was interesting is that, which I definitely agree with, is the idea is that, okay, fine. So you are 60 years old. You don't want to look like you're 60 and you want to color your mustache and you want to keep your dark hair. Okay. But the idea of like, why go marry somebody very young? And produce more and children produce, and you're going to be dead before they're 20. And you're going to be dead before 20. Like, and that's, that's just, and that yeah. point, really, to be honest, I mean, I really was thinking about it because I do have, I have a couple of friends like that, surprisingly. And I mean, they're in the circle of friends that I have. <laughs> and they're like, you know, I mean, he's like, what, 63? And he has a uh, three-year-old. Wow. Wow. From a second or a third wife. Oh okay, my so, God. And then he's saying he's enjoying it and he's, he loves taking her to the daycare. And he's like, oh, you know what, Juliet, it really gives me a new sense of life. Uh, yes, but you are 63 and you're going to be tired 
pretty soon and he thinks that she is keeping him young. And maybe that is true. Actually, if you see my friend, he doesn't look like he's 63. And maybe it's true. Maybe keeping him young. Maybe it's given him a motivation to really work on himself. That's maybe, true. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. But the idea is, is that, like you said. Still going to be dead before she gets married or he gets married. That's unfair. No, it really is. It's it, true. It is. Because what are you doing with your child if you can't throw a ball with them? If you can't run around with them a little bit? Like right now... I told me and me and Hey, we're probably going to stick to one kid. We might have another one. We might, but for Don't me, stick to one kid. Honestly, it's not okay. In this day and age, Doctor D, you can have another one. He needs a playmate. Doctor, everyone says that, but you know what? Honestly, if I can put all of my efforts into DJ to give him the best life in an overpopulated world where it's going to be a lot harder for kids and people to find jobs in ten, twenty years, then I'm going to do my best efforts for one kid. If I have two kids, that's trying to make sure both of them can go to private school, trying to make sure I can give both of them the lifestyle I want to give them, give them both of them attention. You can give them the lifestyle. I mean, it's like saying, you know, but I'm going to reserve day. all this for DJ to give him the best lifestyle. But, honestly, but that best lifestyle could be divided into two. But in this day and age... Why do I need to give them all that? The best thing I can give him is a sibling. Yeah, so that way, four, four airplane tickets, four no, miles to feed but every time I go out. You are depriving him of his ability to have a sibling. You're depriving him of the opportunity of something you had that he's not going to have. And Haya had. The only reason why I might give him a sibling or might consider it later in like a year or two or whatever is the one one reason. It's I feel bad for him if I'm 80 and Hay is 80 and he has to take care of both of us by himself. Not only that. That might be the only reason. But other than that. I mean, think about it. When you die, but right? Then, the idea is that he will be alone in the world. Hopefully he pops out a bunch of kids and he but has he a family needs, of his own. Yeah, and these kids need an aunt or an uncle. The idea is that we cannot deprive our kids look, of opportunities look, I, if we can. And I agree. Just I because agree. financially, who says that? Come on. I, I agree with you. But nowadays, nowadays, it's tough. Even nowadays. It's tough raising one kid, let alone two. Look, in this country, one thing I do appreciate when they say every kid comes with its own luck. That's one thing I truly agree with. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't agree in this country. <laughs> but, you know, when I, my mom used to say it and my dad used to say it. And then, you know, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I have to be ready to have kids. I'm never going to be ready. If I really thought about it logically, I would have never had kids. Yeah. Because that means that I will never. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that my son was five before I, I had my daughter. Okay. And so then, you know, I'm not far off. The thing for me, I decided that it's the best decision I have made because even when we are traveling. They keep each other company. She looks up to him. It's a good he, age difference, too. Yes. I feel he, that's a good he age. He protects her. I mean, now they're traveling. I'm not yeah. with them. He protects her. He made sure she's okay on the plate. It's great. It's like, that's a great but age. But when though. he's here, yeah. when he's here, he doesn't want to take any responsibility of her because he knows he, he can knows, rely yeah, on me. That's true. And then I was like really worried. And she was like taken care of. He's like, mom, don't worry. I even tell her what to wear the next day. I mean, and she has that sense of safety. That I feel like I would have deprived him of that, to be honest. That's a good point. That's definitely a good point. I agree with those points. And it's true. When you're 80 and she's 80, hey, is 80. It's not fair for one kid. It's not fair for DJ And then he's always going to feel bombarded because he's going to feel that I'm the only kid. I got to take care of yeah. them. And then he has no shift changes. Like if you got other siblings, you can, you know, I remember one of my friends when her father was sick and they're like, oh, I mean, there's a lot of them. And and so she was like, you know, it's so nice to have a big family because we take shifts. So when their dad was in the hospital for a long time, somebody came a couple of hours in the morning. Somebody came in the afternoon. Uh, 
so they can go and rest. Hopefully, DJ Mary is a nice lady. <laughs> that nice lady is going to say, look, these are your parents, not the me. Point, back to the point, and this is my avoidance. If you're 63 or 70, you shouldn't be popping out babies. You shouldn't. Like, in all honesty, and then, it's not you know, fair. You're gonna, no, and then I told my friend, I said, look, he's like, oh, Juliet, you know, the one with the three-year-old. He's like, Juliet, you know what? She gives me a sense of life. I said, so you're going to use her? You brought a kid that young because you want you needed a sense of life. Why can't you get a sense of life somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. It's not fair to her because he has older kids. Yeah. Now, these older kids have already experienced you. One of them is even married with a kid. Oh, my God. I said, you deprived the small one with the opportunity that you had given the older ones. And she will never know what that feels like. She will get married and not have her father with her. Yeah. Even if we think about it, if he lived another 20 years and 30 years, yeah. the idea is, is that you are, I mean, there is a slimmer and a slimmer chance that you're going to live long enough to even have her graduate from high school. It's kind of shitty. And the other point that he talked about was, you know, still chasing, you know, sex. Basically, he talked about that, or a young woman. Like, I get it. And that's what he's saying. It's like, when is it enough? Yeah, when is it enough? So when is it enough? I don't know. I mean, also, again... I can't say anything because I'm not 60. Like, I don't know... I mean, and I think, and I'm not 60 either, but I think a lot of times sex is equated with youthfulness also, especially for men. Yeah. Because if you think about it, women... We've got our girlfriends and we've got our kids and, you know, we've got our colleagues. There's always ways for me to feel that I have a contribution in this world. And I think men, because they've had such a, useless. you know, they, I mean, for them, you're useless because from the beginning, you were told that you're a man. And when they say that, you know that they're talking about your organ. Do you want me to just call Hay in here so yeah, you can no, have this conversation should. with her? <laughs> I think I feel bad because you guys don't have any other sense of identity. So when a man can have sex, you know, he is devastated because then he's not a man. For us, I mean, we have sex or we don't have sex. I feel like a woman in many other ways. Obviously, that's one part of my feminism, but it's not the total part of my feminism. But if you think about it, men, in order for him to feel that he's still a man and a macho, as soon as you think about that, when he's 60, he's already retired. So we can't talk about his finances. I don't understand. One thing I don't get, though. But he's macho only when he's in bed, you know? I agree with that. I, I believe that. And I just don't understand, like, why if you're 60 or if you're 55, you're still dyeing your mustache and you're dyeing your hair because... Why not? Because every, everyone knows, like... You I know, mean, like, it's not about everyone knows. It looks better. I still dye my gray hair. But there's a difference, though. What's the like, difference? You're, but that's, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, for men, nobody talks about men with gray hair. They think about it as gorgeous. That's Richard why, Gere, why, what was why, he? That's why I keep my salt and pepper I mean, Richard mustache. Gere, what was he so, why did all the women thought I was like so amazingly salt handsome? Salt and pepper, his gray hair. Exactly. What's his name? The other one. George Clooney, for example, right? Yeah. But women, how many women do you really see on TV that are George Clooney's age or... Richard Gere and they had salt and pepper and they thought, wow, she's so gorgeous. None. See, if Hay had salt and pepper, I'd find it very attractive. Yes, you, but TV, social media, you know, advertisement, they're not, they will take George Clooney to yeah. advertise for them because his salt and pepper is sexy. Yeah. But if I had salt and pepper, do you think they're going to ask me to advertise any so product? So why don't, why don't women make it sexy? Well, imagine even when if, she imagine tries. Imagine if all the women in the world stopped dyeing their hair. Okay. And if they toughed it out for like three months, it would become the norm. And then it would probably become like uh, adored. No, because women, we are pressured to stay young. 
I mean, actually, I was reading That's something true. online. That's a good point. That is I, very I was reading true. something online where there was a woman who's like a, a model, I think, and she had decided, and she's older, and she had decided that she wasn't going to dye her hair anymore, and she kept it gray. And she was talking, so they were doing an interview, and she said that, A, it limits her opportunity to be able to advertise for certain product, and B, she says that she constantly got comments about, why are you leaving your hair gray? Why don't you color it? Right. Yeah. So there was a constant question and a push that your gray hair does not look nice. And okay. so, and she was saying also, I can't even remember which, what was it for, but she was saying that men, you know, men who are aging, they still can be able to act. They still can advertise. They can still do many things. Yeah, that's actually that a good their point. job that's doesn't, true. doesn't minimize. I mean, obviously in some roles as actors, they can play certain roles that are like more of youth. Yeah. But they have a lot more opportunity than a woman. And they have a lot more opportunity if she doesn't color her hair. I'm pressured to color my gray hair. As soon as I see it, a little bit, I'm bothered. I mean, it, but I think it depends on the person too, you know, and what they value and how they value it personally. And my family hates this when I say, I don't care. Like when they're like, my cousin was like, oh, dude, you have so much white hair in your goatee and your mustache. I don't give a shit. Like, I, I really don't care. Doesn't matter to me. That's not what I'm concerned with. That's not my, and I, I don't like even Hay gets pissed at me because I'm like, why do you spend so much time doing your hair? But that's something mentally that I just don't understand. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't get it. That's, but it's the way I grew up. Actually, it was the way my buddy Dave Cole, who I appreciate saying this to me when we were 16 years old, because I did care about my appearance a lot. And he always used to say, Maddie, I don't understand why you care so much. People are going to like you either way. And that's the, that's you the give point a shit. we need like, to be convinced yeah. with. But I bet a lot of people are not. Even when you tell them and they say, yeah, you're right. You know, people are going to like me anyways. I think deep down we have fear of rejection. Oh, 100%. 100%. It took, me, it took me three, four years to actually listening to David Cole and understanding what he was saying that people really don't give a shit. People really don't care. That's right. And I think our biggest fear is that People do care and people do give a shit. Yeah. And that's the fear we have created, which causes us to, you know, play into this idea of what people want to see. If I have fear of rejection and I know that if I have gray hair, people are not going to find me attractive. Or uh, I know that if I am aging or if I don't do Botox or if I don't do certain things, people are going to reject me. I mean, people might not reject me, but if I have that as a perception or a fear, then I'm going to try to eliminate this fear by coloring my hair and making sure people don't know my age yeah. or my wrinkles or everything else. See, I think of with all this, personally, I think of maintenance too. Maintenance is a bitch. Maintenance, of like, course. Maintenance it costs a, money. Yeah, it costs a shit ton of money. A you got to keep up with it and you got to make sure this is right and all that. It's kind of like if I stopped working out for, let's say, five months and... See, it's funny because when I don't work out hard, I don't eat as much. Like I eat half the amount because I'm just, I'm not. I my eat a lot working out or not. <laughs> I love food too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I know I'd be able to maintain how I look for an extended period of time. I know that. Um, and a lot of it comes back to discipline and we've talked about that. But at the same time, it's like to maintain coloring my beard or to maintain a hairstyle or to maintain whatever. It's a lot of work. I still haven't gone to the barber. I haven't gone to the, I haven't gone to the barber 
in seven months. And everyone's like, oh, your hair looks good long. I'm like, dude, I just haven't gone to get a haircut. I just haven't had time. It's not my priority. See, but that's because you don't have anything to prove to anyone. Yeah, I don't care. And maybe that sense of security not a lot of people have where they feel, I mean, you've gotten, you've worked so hard on yourself where now you really understand. And maybe because, you know, you're stable in your relationship and your kid loves you for who you are. And so the pro- the most important individuals in your life are secure. How cute was that? Him running to give you yeah, a kiss goodnight. Yeah, it was so goodnight. cute. Like that, that warms See? my heart. That really does. And he loves you unconditionally. But maybe there are a lot of people out there that don't really have that sense of security. They're not in relationships where our base are unconditional. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many people in relationships that are very fake or they feel this person for, loves them, but they don't love them for who they are. So they have to constantly look good. They constantly have to be thin because if they gain weight, they might leave them. And these are not just lies that we've created as much as this is the impression we've gotten from the person who's with us, right? Yep. No, 100%. Yeah. But, but ultimately, we have to take credit. I mean, we have to take personal ownership that I create these fears. If I want people to love me for who I am, once I become comfortable with who I am, everyone else will. That's it right there. Yeah. Love yourself. It's if you true. love yourself first, everyone will therefore love you too. And that means, and you know, when people say, well, how do you love yourself? What I'm trying to say is that become comfortable with who you are. I mean, there are people that have were fat, lost weight, and they've gained some, and they're like comfortable with who they are now. Yeah. I mean, you know, you we had, we have Oprah Winfrey and all these other people that are like constantly were like, role models of for us to lose weight and to do this yeah, and that. And yeah. then ultimately when they get older and they retire and they no longer have to prove anything to anyone, what do they say to you? That ultimately I had to become comfortable. So it had nothing to do with the production or the TV yeah, or, no, yeah. or this like, you know, all the things I needed to prove to people because ultimately she was feeling insecure yeah. with herself. You do you, you do you. And that's what it is. So I think a lot of people are waiting for someone to make them feel comfortable. And then they're like, tell you, no, but I love myself, but I know the way I am, people will not love me. Well, that means you never really appreciated who you are or, you know, you got to be able to find something that you appreciate about yourself. Yeah. And so the idea is, is that if you get to that point where you feel like it doesn't matter I truly appreciate who I am. Maybe we wouldn't have this rush into trying no, to, no. And I mean, to look better and, you know. The guy and should, maybe that guy that was saying, I don't think you should. Yeah. Maybe he's comfortable with who he is and he doesn't want to color his mustache and doesn't want to color his maybe hair. maybe he is comfortable and he just likes that sense of youthfulness. Like maybe that is him. You're right. Maybe It's true. Or maybe he doesn't feel like sex matters now. Maybe now he enjoys and I think no, maybe I was talking was. about the other guy that colors his mustache. Like maybe that he wants to feel a sense of youthfulness. Yeah, when he looks in the or mirror, maybe which because he doesn't have any validation. And maybe the guy that's saying, oh, we need to stop thinking about sex or stop thinking See, about. He's probably more comfortable in life. I can guarantee you he's probably more comfortable in life. And maybe he has a comfortable, comf- yeah, I was going to say he has that. a good. He mentioned that. He said, he says, this you know, is the time, time I need to, to take, be with my. Be my, with your partner. Yeah. 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 And I think there is a sense of peace to that. I think with age comes wisdom and, you know, you trade the youthfulness out for the wisdom that you're going to gain over life. You know, a 60 year old person is going to know a hell of a lot more about life than me. Right. And, and, you know, developmentally, like we all are going through certain developmental uh, stages. And I think sometimes, you know, just like Erickson used to say, it's like a lot of times we are 
we have an interruption in this period of development. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just like people say midlife crisis. That's not the only time we go through crisis. We I also, liked Erickson, by the way. He was one of my favorites. And he's the one that talks about like identity crisis when we do yeah. it a teenager. And then we have a midlife crisis. And people that go through midlife crisis is because they never really resolved the earlier crisis. Yep. Yeah. So what he says is that when a lot of these people that talked about development, they says that there's certain things we have to go in certain stages. And then when there's an interruption in any of those stages, although physically we grow, cognitively we grow, emotionally we don't. And, I, you know, Makes even sense. in this part of the world, I've noticed that a lot of people are emotionally insecure and emotionally immature. And maybe sometimes the idea is that this maturity was never developed when it was supposed to develop. And then after a while, and when you're reaching 50 or 60, when you're starting to face your mortality, you're realizing that, oh, you know, I haven't done a lot of the stuff I should have done earlier. Yeah. And because people realize that they haven't like lived in that crisis or they've never resolved it or they've never really lived a romantic kind of relationship or, or you know, they weren't really successful. And, and now before they die, I feel like they're thinking, okay, they're I have a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I need to color my, or I need to lose weight. I need to have a nice body. Now suddenly they they're walking up. like three up. kids at 60. Yeah, because they're 50 now and they're realizing they're, you know, I mean, it is closer to mortality and they feel like I need to be in a hurry to do all the things I didn't do. That's true. Oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and maybe part of it is like being with younger person, for example. Yeah. I don't know if these kids are planned. I mean, with my friend, it was not planned or that it he real, he thought that this will bring him sense of sense of reason it's <sighs> tough because you know what happened reason. with men that get older as i said they don't have a job so there's no title they're retired i mean having that title retired yeah, is not the can, same as like keep, ceo you can keep working though like it you could but titles, a lot of them do retire here you're, re, you're supposed to retire in certain age yeah but titles mean shit like there's still self but it gives you sense of no, it gives you a sense of identity. If I retired, Dr. D, I wouldn't be able to sit on my ass and do nothing. I would work at a grocery store. I wouldn't mind bagging groceries, to be but honest with you. still a title. See, you're looking for something. It means that no, you're a I get bag grocery. Grocery I, bagger? What yeah, I get fulfillment through talking to people. I knew a guy in uh, the grocery store in the States, and I don't. I think he still works there. And he had retired years ago. He's probably like 75 now. And he used to bag groceries. He retired. He started bagging groceries because he liked human interaction. Yeah, he and actually research says his the, more, the more social interaction we have, the longer we live. Exactly. But he's probably going to stay. He's true. probably going to live till he's like 100 bagging groceries. But think about it. I'm saying developmentally. So here you are when you get to 50 or 60, especially in this country, if you're in a government sector, you do need to retire. Unless you have a private job or a private company where you are developing something else for yourself. Most of these individuals retire and they think that by retiring now, they're going to live their life. Yeah, they get but if you think die. about it, when people say, because retirement has a, a lot of connection to yep. ageism. Yeah, that's true. Connection that's very true. To, so it has not connection that you don't produce anymore because you're retired. Yeah. And so that means you're at that age of retiring, which everyone knows is about 50 or whatever. So the idea is, is that you've already been stripped, especially men. Like I said, women, we don't struggle because we can retire and still volunteer at a place or that go out sense, with yeah. our friends or do something. We still going to have a label no matter what, some sort of I can contribute to the society in different ways. So if I'm a doctor now, later on, I might contribute as a consultant or I can contribute in some sort of a mission that I like to do when I get older. 
Oops, men don't have that. Men could have that. They, they don't, could they have don't, that, they but don't they don't. Have to, they don't have to say, oh, I'm retired. I got to go sit in the garden all day it's and true. drink tea with my buddies. No, dude, go to Africa, build houses it's and true. shit. Like, now, some men you do still, that. Yeah, some do. And some do. They live longer lives. That's true. They live healthier lives. Yep. And they enjoy life. They enjoy the last 30 years they're, they're on this planet. So I was going back to my friend. I said, but you could have a sense of life, although he's retired. He doesn't feel like he is contributing to the society anymore. He has stripped of his role because now he's just the dad who retires. So nobody needs you. Yep. Right. So I felt like for him having a kid, he thought that this was going to revive him and give him a sense of identity because this little girl needs you. The other one are already grown. They don't need you. And then it gives him a sense of life. And I said to him, you know, Maybe you should have figured out something else that would give you a sense of life. Maybe you should have contributed to something or start a business or do consulting, do something. And instead of having a child at a later age that he also thinks sometimes, most of the time, he feels like he's tired because he can't play with her. Yeah. And he can't do a lot of things that you would do now that you're doing with DJ. Mm -hmm. He probably won't. Or or even me, I'm tired. You're right. So I think the idea is, is that if you're, Going around having a kid because you're using them to give you a sense of identity and an older age. And like Erickson says, you know, well, you're supposed to go through a certain development and this is not midlife crisis. And if you are going through a midlife crisis, then you need to resolve it instead of trying to develop labels. Buy a motorcycle, marry a 20-year-old woman. And that's what they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, really? Seriously? So again, even with this, just like having a small child, these Men who are, need a sense of identity, they'll go with a younger girl because she has more energy. She wants to be wild. Yeah, she wants yeah. to do crazy things. They want to go partying with her yes. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. And then you can party and that gives you a sense of identity. I don't know. I think there's beauty in aging and wisdom. That's just my opinion. And I mean, and I think to each its own, to right? Each, yeah, I, don't I mean, agree you know, you. You're co- right. Look, Everybody's coloring different. my hair... Or trying to be fit and having a young body does not make me a bad person. Or it doesn't make me that I'm not accepting my age. Exactly. But now if you're doing all of that because you are not accepting your age and you're having kids because you still can't get over the idea that you're 60, then that's a problem. So we need to differentiate. Not everyone that's coloring their hair, they need to see a shrink. But if you are doing the all the thing you're doing just to maintain youthfulness, Because you are having a hard time recognizing your age. On top of this, going out with younger women, still sex is an important aspect. Having kids when you should be done with having kids, then maybe you need to explore this sense of development that Erickson talks about. Maybe. Or you can follow Mehdi's advice, which is hashtag hashtag just don't give a shit quit. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Don't give a shit. Just quit. <laughs> but you know, I think most of these guys that get, get to that age that are struggling also were struggling early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally believe there was no fulfillment in yeah. parts of their lives. No, I mean, but... and, and that's probably because if you talk to a lot of them, I mean, you know, people always ask me, how will I know if I'm going through a midlife crisis or that I don't want to marry? Like I've had the people ask me a question, how will I know not to marry someone that will go through a midlife yeah. crisis? Well, I mean, if you're already realizing they're immature emotionally, probably there's a possibility. I know an older guy who lies through his teeth. Yeah, narcissist. Telling me that, you know, he's he's always with younger women. And it's like, I'm like, dude. And I tell him to his face, I'm like, no, you're not. I was like, don't, you know, he's like, no, I swear. Wallah, wallah. I'm like, no, you're not experiencing all this. He's like, well, how do you know? I was like, look, 
I almost guarantee what you are telling me, a 20-year-old man can't do. You know, and it's like, it's, it's the funniest thing because they try to validate their... why do they their, do that? What are they validating? They're trying to validate their manhood. Their manhood. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And it's like, dude, not with me. Like, don't... But in general, to wrap it up... Yes. Right? I mean, I feel sad for these... I mean, but then why is he spending all this time trying to tell you about things that he's doing with younger girls? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe because he's intimidated by you because you're younger than him. Younger, smarter. And he's trying to say to you, look, age much is Much better just, looking. He's probably thinking, look, age is a number. Look what I'm doing. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't give a shit. He's got issues. You got my card? Give it to him. <laughs> you he needs issues. <laughs> you, you do not want this guy as a client. That's terrible. He's one you would not be able to solve. Guaranteed. But that's sad. I feel sad that people are like wasting a lot of time trying to cover and lie. There's a lot of people like that. You, you know, there are a lot of people out there that it's funny because they believe their own lies. And like I catch people in a lot of lies because I used to be a liar when I was younger. Like I used to lie pathologically when I was like in my teens. I used to lie all the time. So I can catch a lie, you know, in a second. Wow. Yeah, it's easy. You used to write a book online. Yeah, I could, I could teach a master's class, too. How should I avoid lying? I could teach a master's class online. Oh, you could. <laughs> but anyways, And I'm going to teach one on psychotherapy. I know, right? Yeah, anyways, everybody, I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, don't forget to message Dr. D if you have any questions. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.